All right. All right. And we're a go. We are back with episode 60 of the Guardian Project podcast. And I'm your host, Andy. And I would like to solve the puzzle. Cyclonic Rift did nothing wrong. Yeah. It's the answer. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, you didn't have to buy any vowels for that. I didn't buy anything. (laughs) Actually, everyone else was trying to figure it out because they're like, it couldn't possibly say that. That's not the answer. It can't be. I think Cyclonic Rift did nothing wrong, and it was the answer. That's the answer. I solved it. That's uh, Sorry, folks. <laughs> Problem solved. And I'm your co-host, uh, Mike Coyle. And the other day, I played someone with an artifact deck, and they had so many cards I had never heard of. I artifact check that guy. <laughs> Make sure those cards are real. <laughs> Please listen carefully. This is a podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering. But mostly Commander. And before we start, as always, we want to thank all of our patrons. We appreciate all of your support. And if you would like to support us, you can head to patreon.com slash guardianprojectpod and donate at any dollar amount. Another really, really easy way to support the podcast is wherever you are listening to the podcast or if you're watching the podcast on our YouTube channel, if you could subscribe if you could drop us a comment, a like, a follow, depending on what format you are, uh, you're, you're in, make sure to do that. Uh, we also have a TCG player affiliate link you can find on our website and in the show notes below. Uh, if you would go through our TCG player link, whenever you make your purchases for singles or sealed product, it would support the podcast and help us out a lot and allow us to do some fun extra stuff. Um, and yeah, nice. Can yeah. I can I just say how excited I am that I have a bunch of intros ready for the show? <laughs> I'm a little jealous, not going to lie. <laughs> I text Coil earlier today and I said, I have four intros ready. I am prepared for the next four weeks. I was like, I need to come up with an intro, like real bad. It's uh, still the hardest part of the whole show. Oh, <laughs> what are, well, actually, I was going to say, what are we talking about this week? But your intro was a pretty good uh, topical, That's right. topical intro. So what are we talking about this week? So this week is theme week. So this will be a reoccurring series where we talk about certain themes that are being seen playing uh, in Commander. And um, we have a couple different categories that we picked that each uh, Andy and I picked uh, commanders for that we fi- think plays this theme in this unique way. And, I, and you'll understand more once we start going over the categories. So again, this week is Artifact Week. Uh, probably I might have convinced Andy that there was a bunch of really good artifact reprints that came out in Double Masters. And hopefully some of those prices go down and will allow people to afford some of the relatively expensive staples for a good artifact tech. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. All things artifacts. And we are fitting them into three categories, unique, fun, or sleeper decks. So unique are uh, commanders that play with artifact strategies in a unique way. Fun is uh, fun as in they're fun to play and uh, play against. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then um, sleepers are commanders that we think are underutilized for an artifact strategy um, or just aren't seen very often uh, playing with an artifact strategy. Um, and ones you should look out for in case someone sits down with them. Yes. Yes. So um, we did not share our notes on not. the commanders that we chose for each category. So we are going to start with, do we want to start with unique Let's start or with fun? Unique. Unique? We'll start with unique. Okay. So. You want to say what commander we picked on three? Okay, sure. All right. One, one two, 
three. Sidri. Sidri. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wow. We're I really hope we didn't choose the same commander for all three. Hopefully it's just the one. It might have something to do with the fact that maybe your husband has this commander and it is all artifact themed and it is And it plays different than every other artifact deck that I've almost ever seen. Oh, uh, it's so much better because you don't you there isn't even you don't even have to have a theme. It's just play the artifacts you want, mm-hmm. and they are also your creatures. You just spend a blue to do it, right? Like later. So um, I think Sidri is so Sidri has 780 decks on EDA track, so mm-hmm. it's it's decently played. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's overplayed, and I don't think that it plays the same deck over and over and over. No, definitely not. Um, we'll we'll say uh, if you don't know. Sidri, Galvanic Genius, is a 3 CMC 2 2 human artificer that you could pay blue, uh, or sorry, white, blue, and black. And um, yeah, again, 2 2 human artificer, you can pay a blue target non creature artifact, becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness, each equal to its converted mana cost until end of turn. Or you can also pay a white and a black, and target artifact creature gains death touch and lifelink until end of turn. So, what I like about this is you can play artifacts, you can utilize them as creatures only when you need them a lot of the time it avoids board wipes Mm -hmm. unless it's artifact board wipes and um in the late game depending on how much mana you have built up it's it's really hard to get around a sidri because they just hold all their mana up and block right when 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 they need to so you turn a non-creature artifact into an artifact and then you give it death touch and lifelink all for the low low cost of a white a blue and a black Right. I mean, there's even some tricks that you can do. You know, if someone goes and casts a board wipe to to kill every creature um, and you have a big board of creatures and you're feeling spiteful, you can turn all of their artifacts into creatures before that board wipe resolves and wipe out all of their artifacts that they might have on their board. Yep. Yep. If they have non-creature artifacts, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you don't only target your own your own artifacts. Um, I, the, one, the one thing that is very frustrating with Sidri, which I experienced... Uh, a couple of times is if you're playing an artifact strategy or I'm sorry, um, an equipment strategy mm-hmm. when they activate Sidri to turn your equipment that's equipped to a creature into a creature, it unequips from your creature. Yep. So you just don't get the benefit of your equipment anymore, which I found, uh, I actually discovered that today when looking at one of my other, uh, commanders, I was looking at Mycosynth Lattice because I wanted to see how it affected. That's your commander? No, no, no. The, I, I found <laughs> Mycosynth Lattice. It's like, what format is that? <laughs> uh, when researching uh, another one of the commanders on my list today that I won't spoil, um, just to see how it, how it worked with uh, things in, in graveyards and stuff. But um, it, it mentioned that an, it, Myco, Mycosynth Lattice turns all of your all permanents into artifacts and all spells are, are colorless spells and you can spend mana of any color um, or yeah you can produce mana of any color and spend it um, in any way that you want but um, if you if you have it and an aura is turned into a an artifact creature while it's enchanting something it again will immediately become detached but since it's an aura that's being detached from another creature it immediately goes to the graveyard Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so if you can somehow turn someone's aura into a creature, it just goes away forever. If you're playing with Mycosynth Lattice, though, 
you just have land destruction in Sidri, which is mean. Well, because all of your lands you could do that. Yeah, yeah, because it plays. Some decks play um, liquid metal coating, but if you're playing Mycosynth Lattice, you just have land destruction in mm -hmm. your Esper deck, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which I don't suggest doing. I mean, it probably wouldn't make it fun for other people. <laughs> it's fun to do once. Yeah, of course. I am an advocate for do it one time, mm -hmm. one time, That's and right. everybody's going to be really sad. And then <laughs> just take that one awful card out and say, I got to do it once. This is why you don't do it. You have to be able to do it once to say why it's mean. So I had, you know, I've had decks that were did mean things mm -hmm. and you don't do it again. You got to feel it out. Another nice thing about Sidri is you have white and black. So you have all of the removal spells um, and blue allows you to keep up fun, fun spells to protect your stuff like a, like a counter spell mm -hmm. or a cyclonic rift. Um, I, I really like the fact that you have um, probably some of the three strongest colors for a strategy like this. Um, I, I think you also get to play with smothering tithe now. You do. And that makes artifacts, uh, and those artifacts can become um, useful in the late game. Well, they can become useful in many, many, many different ways. <laughs> Whether you're, you know, um, tapping them for, for mana, because you can tap them for mana for fabricate. No. No, improvise. Improvise. Mm -hmm. Improvise. You can mm -hmm. tap them for mana. Uh, maybe you have a mechanized production and you're just going to straight up win. Yep. The problem with them is they become zero zero creatures because it's equal to their CMC, mm. so it doesn't synergize with Sidri's abilities. Mm -hmm. But you could make it, um, I mean, a zero zero if you need a chump blocker, mm -hmm. or no, you can't. No, you can't. It it'll work. instantly die. You literally can't even do that. Yeah, you would need something to give like all of your artifact creatures plus one plus one. Yeah, state based or something in order to make that happen. But I know, I know you mentioned um, at the beginning that you know no Sidri deck is the same. You know, everyone is always kind of playing it different. I would argue that there's definitely two cards that everyone is running in every single Sidri deck. Yeah. Yep. And that's Caltrops. Yep. Three mana artifacts is whenever a creature attacks, Caltrops deals one damage to it. And we'll explain why that's really good in a second, because I'd just like to loop it in with the other one, and that's Staff of Nin, which is a six mana artifact. This is the beginning of your upkeep draw a card, and you can tap it, and Staff of Nin deals one damage to target creature or player. So uh, these particular artifacts are particularly particularly good um, because you can turn them into creatures and they themselves deal the damage. So if you turn them into creatures and then give them lifelink and death touch, all of a sudden your caltrops make it. So if anyone attacks you attacks, all, period, they can't even oh, swing at your opponent. That's true. Yeah. If anyone attacks, they take damage from caltrops and it's death touch damage and it'll probably die unless it's indestructible. Yeah. And Staff of Nin, same way, you can tap it and deal one damage, one death touch damage to anything that you it want. It just converts into a control deck late game. It does. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's exactly what my show notes say is is this plays um, control, trying to get to late game. Maybe you're going to go with the life gain strategy and try to kill someone with an Aetherflex Reservoir or simply throw out a Felidar Sovereign and try to win just by having, you know, X amount of life at one point and, and you just kind of pillow forwarding in. Um, but I think you also are pretty open to a strategy of go wide as long as you have enough mana. I really like like cards like Tezzeret Master of the Bridge in a Sidri deck mm -hmm. because it, it allows you to just gain that life that, that you were going to lose. So you plus two and you deal X damage to each opponent and gain X life where X is the number of artifacts you control. So you just spit out a bunch of mana dorks. Well, not even mana dorks, just rocks yeah. to produce mana, I guess. In some cases, you're playing a bunch of artifact creatures that just tap for mana. Mm -hmm. um, so you can run out a bunch. But that Tezzeret, if you can't get rid of it, 
sometimes they're dealing 10 damage to you in a single turn and, oh, yeah. and that's uh, you have three turns by, mm-hmm. by the time that there's a Tezzeret down you're likely lower than 40 already right and if you're um, playing Tezzeret the Seeker the mono blue Tezzeret then it allows you to go search for any artifact you want and maybe you're gonna throw in one copy of the Chain Veil in there so that when you do have Tezzeret Master of the Bridge you can activate him twice a turn I also really like Darksteel Forge in this deck because it says mm-hmm. artifacts you control have indestructible, so you're able to make your artifact creatures into better than just chunk blockers. For sure. And <clears throat> if you have the mana to turn them into creatures and give them Death Touch and Lifelink, your opponents just don't swing at you. Yeah, All you have to do is hold up three mana. Right. And you're not sure if it's the three mana just use Sidri or three mana because you've got a counter spell mm-hmm. or targeted removal or mass removal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at instant speed. So I think Sidri fell under the category of unique because it doesn't play it first. It doesn't play like any of the other commander decks that I see very often. Most commander decks for artifacts mm-hmm. see uh, are a lot of looping and reanimating, mm-hmm. throwing in the graveyard, bringing back from the graveyard. Um, Sidri could do that you could certainly include the artifacts do those exact same things yeah it's just not on the face commander it's just not on the face commander and um i like it because it's just throw any artifact in the deck because you don't have to there's no specific strategy with sidri that's built directly into the into the the specific commander no the only thing maybe you might throw some of the really high cmc stuff in there just because sidri makes the power and toughness equal to its converted mana cost and you have like Spine of Ishsa, which is a 7 CMC, enters the battlefield, destroy target permanent. A lot of people take that as a looping kind of artifact, but, um, I mean, in Sidri, it's a 7-7, which is well, it's good. That could have lifelink and death touch. It definitely will. Lifelink is relevant. It sure is. So that's our unique... Okay, so we both maybe... We, we weren't very unique. We weren't very unique in our choice there, but I think that just goes to show that Sidri is just a really popular commander that... In my opinion, is also could could have gone under the fun category because okay. I do not, I I do not have anything against that deck. I love playing against it. it I don't think there's any issues. In the yeah, unless you're playing like okay, there there have probably been instances where I'm playing like an all creature deck and then the Sidri player puts Caltrops down, and it's like okay, I can't do anything until that Caltrops is gone. But you know, there's going to be a green player that can take out an artifact or a red player that can take out an artifact in your pod. If that's not you, better start making some deals. <laughs> yeah. Or running a couple of targeted removal spells. You probably should. You probably should. Yeah, you probably should. Okay, fun. Yeah. We can count to three again. We can do that. Okay. Hold on. And, let me actually get my, We will. I don't know. I have it right here. Yeah. Okay, fun. Okay, ready? On three. Three, two, one. Bruder clad. Yes. Okay. Something different. <laughs> you go first. <laughs> okay. So uh, my pick for fun is Bruder clad Telcor Engineer. So this is a 6 CMC 4-4 Artificer uh, that says creature tokens you control have haste. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 blue mirror artifact creature token. Then you may choose a, a token you control. And if you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. So a lot of people don't actually consider Brutoclad um, an artifacts commander. He's a tokens commander, which totally agree you could do both but he makes he does make an artifact he makes a two one blue mirror every single turn it is also a token um but uh the one instance where i have actually seen someone with this brutoclad deck happens to be a mirror brutoclad deck 
uh, where it's all revolving around Mir. And um, some of the, even the token creation strategies really synergize well with Brutoclad. Um, there is a sorcery printed in the um, the Sahili Precon, actually, called Sahili's Artistry. It says, choose one or both, create a token that's a copy of target artifact. Um, and then the other option is create a token that's a copy of target creature, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Um, Thopter's Buy Network, you know, there's a ton of uh, enchantments that also make tokens. Um, Mirrored and Besieged also making tokens and all these tokens end up being artifact tokens. So why not play into that artifact strategy as well? I understand, you know, some people want to throw in uh, Desolation Twin so that they get a 10-10 token and then turn all of their tokens into 10-10s. That's one strategy. You I mean, do. I died to Eldrazi off of a Rite of Replication before, so that was my fault. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was my fault with all Annihilator 2. Right. So, and they all have haste. Which Rite of Replication? You know, it's a good card in the Brutal Clan deck. Right. Um, but but the, real, the real powerhouse card uh, in this deck, and I think... Um, most brutal clad decks do play it is mechanized production mechanized production we we mentioned it when we talked about sidria as potentially an alternate win condition um, mechanized production is an enchantment where you enchant an artifact you control and at the beginning of your upkeep create a token that's a copy of the enchanted artifact if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one another you win the game key to understanding mechanized production is you do not have to have eight copies of the enchanted artifact it's just of any artifact so um, you know, if you decide that you're going to turn all of your tokens that you have with Brutoclads into treasures or the two one mirrors that he makes, um, it makes it really, really easy to actually win with mechanized production. Um, so the fun part about this deck is just the fact that you get to make a ton of tokens. Well, I really like Helm of the Host yeah. in a Brutoclad deck because then you're making two Brutoclad and then you're making two of the mirror every single turn. Right. And then it's three and you can get to mechanized production really, really fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. And, um, you know, so Brutoclad does kind of have a small drawback in that he's only in blue-red. Um, you don't have access to black and you don't have access to white, which are very strong when it comes to some synergies with with artifacts. Um, and maybe that's why, you know, you don't see people play it as much. You know, Esper is probably the most popular artifact uh, color combination. And here you have is it. Um, so y- you do. I mean, in is it you do get some help with like Sahili Sublime Artifice here, which is the the three mana Sahili where every time you cast a non-creature spell, you make a one one colorless servo and you can turn a to- uh, an artifact you control becomes a copy of another target artifact or creature you control. Um, so there are some synergies with red that does help you. And um, I think we'll hear more about m- other red commanders later in the episode today um, to see the benefits that that red can give you. But um, I think, you know, to to play on that, there is uh, Brea. I mean, Brea is every good color in artifacts, all four of them, you know, Esper plus red, which I can't remember what the four color combination of is. Brea is just not white. Bray does have white. Or Bray is not, is not green. green. Bray right. is not green. Which green tends to not like artifacts very much anyway. So you also get to play Storm the Vault in Brutoclad, which is really cool. So it's an enchantment that says whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, you create a colorless treasure. Mm-hmm. And then and it has sack it to get any mana. And then at the beginning of your end step, if you control five or more artifacts, transform Storm the Vault. So it's a really it's a really good card, especially when you um 
have a very easy time making artifacts. Mm-hmm. And it turns into the the, the, the vault is Vault of Catlican, which is tap to add one mana of any color or tap to add blue to your mana for each artifact you control. So mm-hmm. you've got a, an extremely powerful card that flips very, very easily. Um, I think the only downside to that is is Storm the Vault, I think, costs four mana. It does, yeah. Two of blue and a red for so Storm the Vault. Sometimes people don't want to play that, but if you're already playing cards that are making you tokens that easily like brutoclad yeah. it's it's an, it's, a, it's an auto include in my book yeah i mean if you have i mean if you're about to swing with eight two one mirrors because you have because all of your tokens have haste and brutoclad is on the battlefield you throw a storm the vault down swing with all eight of them and you get you know you're still netting four mana at the end of the turn and you throw joy or weather like captain in here yeah, casually because why not just you know who wants who doesn't want to draw cards i mean card draw is how you draw cards so that's true is that, is that how that works <laughs> so drawing a card is how you draw a card i mean it's literally how yes. it, yeah it's generally how that works you put your hand on the deck and like grip a card you could do draw. that that's one option or you physically draw a card on a piece of paper with a piece of paper you cut it out yeah Unless you're playing really specific creatures and say, like, you know, you don't draw anymore. You know, the other card that I really like in Brutocloud is, is Brass's Bounty. Mm. So a sorcery for each land you control, make a treasure. Just solid for seven. Yeah. So you double your mana, essentially. You pay seven, get seven. And mm-hmm. then if you don't need it that turn, the next turn you have 14. Or and when you pay seven, you get seven, you move to combat, and now you have eight two one mirrors. Or... Or eight a treasures, crap I guess. Ton of well, you could do treasures, or it could just become something. Yeah, some something, some other token that you you're, have. Because you're you're definitely going to play cards that make copies, or there's a card that returns a permanent to someone's hand. You make a copy of a creature, mm-hmm. uh, like copy of that creature. So you just make it something ginormous that's not legendary. Yeah. just go for it. Either that, or you know, I I know this is this might be a little selfish to say, uh-huh. but there is a creature that when it dies creates two three three tokens, one with life link, one. Hey, with death I might touch. talk about that later. Uh-huh. It's oh. called the Worm Coil Engine. <laughs> You're not wrong. Okay, so my fun deck, yes, is. I guess we're just going to talk a lot about the Sahili deck it's that a came good out. Deck. <laughs> is Sahili the Gifted? Mm-hmm. So Sahili the Gifted is a planeswalker commander and she is all about tokens so she has three abilities she has a plus one that has create a one one colorless servo artifact creature token uh plus one to uh the next spell you cast this turn costs one generic less for each artifact you control and then minus seven for each artifact you control create a token that's a copy of it they gain haste exile them at the next end step so she comes in with four loyalty counters for two a blue and a red so again i'm still in is it here Mm -hmm. so this is a little less combo centric and it just makes really big splashy plays so that second plus ability there is used i would say most often yeah um I feel like Sahili is also one of those unsuspecting commanders that out of nowhere you're, you are like, uh, that has to go. Right. But she's made enough tokens or you've just spit enough stuff out on the board that you just have trouble getting through to her at that point. For sure. So, um, my boat, my, you know, my other plus there is planeswalker as commander. I really like planeswalkers as commander. (laughs) (laughs) So I do like, I do like that you can reuse it and it feels like you have something, you definitely have something to do on every turn, even if you don't have the mana. 
So there's a lot of strategies with Sahili. You can play with tokens, you can play Voltron, you can play wheels, even stacks. Um, so I think that what makes this commander fun though is that you can play with just huge spells at reduced costs. Um, and then you're in colors that have the ability to protect those giant spells. Uh, you know, we just got a couple of new cards with fierce guardianship, so you can cast it for free. You mm-hmm. counter target non target non creature spell if you control your commander. But you've got new cards that that Sahili likes with chromatic orrery, so you can cast uh, spells as though you were casting with mana of any color. Um, and then it has tap it for five generic, and then pay five tap draw a card for each color among permanents you control. I don't know anyone that's going to pay five and draw colors a card for each color you control, even if it's Joda. Like in a five color deck, I don't think I would pay five to draw five. What if you already had omniscience out on the board? Then I would pay five to draw five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that's possible. I guess that that's entirely true there. So uh, the Sahili deck itself is a lot of the cards that came in the original Sahili precon work really well with Sahili. For We've sure. got Thopter Spy Network, Sahili's Directive, Sahili's Artistry, things like that. Um, a couple of upgrades that you can add is like Padim, Council of Innovation, artifacts you control have Hexproof. And then if you control uh, the artifact with the, the highest command, uh, converted mana cost or tied for the highest at your upkeep, you draw a card. Um, it just really synergizes with with Sahili. Psymaster Thopterus just spits out artifacts. Tons of them. Uh, Thopter Engineer creates them right when they come in. And then Sahili Sublime Artificer works really well. So... Um, a lot of Sahili decks just throw in ginormous spells like Eldrazi. Mm-hmm. So you could throw Eldrazi in. You can play with a mere battle sphere. Mm-hmm. You can play with duplicate. Things that cost six, seven, eight plus mana. Uh, Eldrazi, um, the Emrakul, the Promise End right. is, is cast quite often. So I think that this deck is fun because you usually see somebody play an X spell or something for some ginormous amount of mana and they get to go off in one turn. Sometimes they win. Sometimes they don't. Right. But I, I like seeing spells that aren't cast often. Inkwell Leviathan, which just reprinted in Double Masters, is an Island Walk Trample 7-11 with, with Shroud. 7-11. Just for, for nine mana, that's mm-hmm. going to cost you likely blue-blue. You're going to get a 7-11 Island Walk Trample Shroud. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> and this particular Sahili is actually banned in Oathbreaker because of how strong this commander is in that particular format when you have your signature spell do do you know what signature spell they usually pair with it i tried finding it in the past five minutes and no i think it's been banned for so long people stop talking about it but it might end up being something just like a blue sun zenith or something like that just to make everyone draw out of their deck or something right right i i there's a lot of you know dark still colossus people throw into this deck or Mm -hmm. a void winnower Mm -hmm. or an ulamog you could even cast a stone coil serpent for just something huge. Reach trample protection from multicolored, and then whatever CMC you put into it is, is what you have. I mean, for eleven, I would be happy with a trample indestructible dark steel colossus. I would also be happy with a trample protection from multicolored and reach stone coil serpent for the exact same CMC. Right. I the indestructible is not always relevant. All right. It's- I just love how her abilities, her second ability just stacks like so well with just straight up artifact ramp. It's yeah. just, oh yeah, my 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 deck can literally consist of rocks and bombs and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, and the rocks pretty much all add one additional colorless mana. 
every single time. And then the minus seven, when you go to it, you're like, cool. Now I have 12 rocks I instead sh- of six. Rocks. I, I would, I sure hope when you minus seven, you're going to win. Or maybe you're minusing seven and you're making a bunch of Blightsteel Colossus, although I think that's legendary and would serve a legendary rule. But Blightsteel Colossus is not legendary. <sighs> so you could have a bunch of Trample Infect Indestructibles mm. if you want. I mean, you only get one of each, though. Yeah, that's fine. That I means mean, I so, get to kill two people. I mean, they could have enough to block. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> if they block... Depends they, what turn, I guess. If they, if they block nine, I guess, then they're good to go because you don't you only take infect there. That's true. So I think Sahili is really fun to play against. Again, it plays a lot of the basic synergistic cards with artifacts. You, again, can play Storm the Vault. You can play Hedron Archive. You can play Thopter Assembly. It just works really well, and it ramps really fast, and I think it's a deck that I... I like to see people play and I like to play against. Yeah. Hope we see more of it. Yes. Okay. So we have another category here. Yes. And it is uh, sleepers. So commanders we think are underutilized for an artifact strategy. So I don't think that you chose this one. So I'm going to go first here. Okay. 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 So this commander, because apparently... Uh, between the two of us, we were going to talk about everything from the Sahili deck. I think it was called Exquisite Innovation from a couple of years ago. I am talking about Thanos, Urza's Apprentice. So Thanos is a 1-3 human artificer with haste for a blue and a red. Uh, 1-3 that says pay a blue and a red and tap it. Copy target artifact um, copy target activated or triggered ability you control from an artifact source. You choose new targets for the copy. So you have both a Rings of Bright Hearth and a Strionic Resonator on your commander. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, it's a very combo-centric deck. So this one I really enjoy because of that. And it's blue-red. So again, apparently we're just talking blue-red. It's just all you is know, it. The rest of this is it? Yeah. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is my next commander is it? <laughs> so um, playing with a Stryonic Resonator, um, it, it, Stryonic Resonator is an artifact that says pay two, tap it, copy, target, activated, I'm sorry, triggered ability, mm-hmm. you control. Mm-hmm. So the other one is the activated ability. Right. So you're copying target triggered ability. So when you play something like a Contagion Engine, which has when it enters, you put a minus one counter on each creature target player controls, you can double that and either choose, you can choose two people. Or choose the same person twice, Mm -hmm. if you would like, and put two minus counters on each of their creatures. You can play, you can be mean and choose Pithing Needle. And when it comes in, um, you you activate that and and you get to double your trigger. So you choose two cards and activated abilities with cards of the chosen name cannot be activated unless they're mana abilities. So if you're playing with a... That's a Healy deck we just talked about. Yeah, or like a Sidri deck. Yeah. You can't you can't activate that. So it's pretty good. Oops, counters all the commanders we talked about so far. <laughs> <laughs> you uh you know, you play that mirror battlesphere and instead of four, you have eight mirrors enter the battlefield. Dang. Yeah, yeah. Um scuttling doom engine that do you know what that does? Uh, only because I'm staring at it right now. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, just you're looking at my show notes. Okay. So, Scuttling Doom Engine, it can't be blocked by creatures of power two or less, but then when it dies, it deals six damage to target opponent or planeswalker. So, you you know, you just want to deal a casual 12. Casual 12. Casual 12. Why not? And then, um, you know, Worm Coil Engine. <gasps> you know, you get you get four worms 
instead oh, of two yeah. worms. So that's really fun. And then it also acts as a Rings of Bright Hearth. So Rings of Bright Hearth is an artifact that says when you play an activated ability, if it isn't a mana ability, you can pay two generic if you do copy that ability. So um, Taunos acts as that as well because you can um, copy an activated ability. So if you are using that, you can use it with Basalt Monolith. So you pay three and then you can pay three to untap. I'm sorry, you tap it, get three mana, pay three to untap it, and you copy that. So mm -hmm. then in response, you can tap it and go, you can go infinite with your mana. Mm -hmm. um, or you can turn, I guess, blue red into three. So as long as you have a way to continually untap, you can just keep going. Right. Yep. Um, Contagion Engine, again, you can pr proliferate and proliferate again twice. Yeah. No, so you can super strong. Pro proliferate four times. It's pretty great. Um, is it Locket? If you're looking to draw two cards instead, why don't you just draw four cards? Interesting. I didn't even think about cards like that, which is like the activated ability portion. Yeah, just an activated ability to do that. Um, Wayfarer's Bobble for, for four. Instead of getting one basic, you can get two basics. Yeah. Yeah, it seems really fun. Um, I mean, even like the artifact, like recursion staple, like cheat out staple, like Meteor Golem. So you can destroy two different permanents. Yeah, yeah, it. that would be the... That would be the triggered ability. Right. Instead of the activated. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Every they they all work. Mindstone, Commander Sphere, instead of sacking to draw a card or paying one sacking to draw a card, you you get to draw two cards. But uh Steel Hellkite, where uh you can pay X and destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost X, whose controller was dealt combat damage by Steel Hellkite this turn. So you can pay it into could you pay it two different two different costs into it that way? I'd have Oh wait, no, it has to copy it. Yeah, it's copying. So that one. So destroy them twice in case they have something that's making things indestructible, like the three CMC human from Ravnica, Boros, that I can't remember his name. He's indestructible in his oh, original printing. It's, yeah, it's Tajik. Yes. So you'd have to kill the Tajik and then you'd have to kill everything else. That's right. So that in that one very specific <laughs> case. Steel Hellkite copy that trigger. <laughs> <laughs> you can, you can, um, oh, I found a deck that's using Gonti's Aether Heart. I, so I feel personally attacked because I have that in two different decks now. You can, oh yeah, because you're actually playing <laughs> with energy. So you can, you can pay eight energy and take an extra turn, but you can pay eight energy and take two extra turns. That's pretty good. Right? So I think that this deck, um, is is interesting because Thanos is two very popular cards that a lot of decks want to use, and it tutors for specifically Rings of Bright Hearth and um, Stranic Resonator. Right. But it also plays a really fun card in in some cases, and I say this is really fun. Okay. I think this is one of those cards where it doesn't do anything in any other deck, and it's the card Sands of Time. So Sands of Time. It's a bulk rare for four generic mana. And it says each player skips their untap phase. Okay, stay with me. Mm -hmm, stay with mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of each player's turn, untap each tapped artifact creature and land they control, and then you tap the rest. So you simultaneously untap what was tapped and tap what was untapped. Okay. And so what you do is when this happens, you you trigger it so then you can untap, you can keep tapping and untapping and you mm. spend your mana into like a fireball or something. But it slows your opponents down because essentially everything feels like it's just being exerted. Right. So um, you're, you're basically casting the card like 
twiddle. So you tap or untap target artifact creature or land, but mm-hmm. it's all of them Interesting. at each person's upkeep. So um, you basically use cards like Comet Storm with Multi-Kicker to, to, to cast something that is just ginormous. Or if it's not currently in your hand, you can use cards like Endless Atlas and Trading Post and Retrofitter Foundry to draw out cards in your deck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you can use... Um, cards against hexproof opponents um like that have hexproof or have um yeah hexproof on themselves to make colorless thopter artifact creature tokens with flying and so you can just kind of go crazy so a lot of this is very combo centric which is, sure. I think, and it was funny because when we when we were doing all the research for these, this is the deck that I found, and I said I didn't even know Sands of Time existed. And after reading this, I said this is the deck that I want to build. If I had to build a deck from this week, mm-hmm. it's definitely Thanos. Interesting. So this is a deck that I think is underutilized and underutilized in as in I've never played against a Thanos deck, but I see people use Stranic Resonator all the time. Sure. But it was used for for cards like um, like Narset enlightened master mm. and stuff because you wanted to to double triggered or uh, yeah triggered abilities mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um i i maybe i'll be the Thanos guy you're gonna be the Thanos guy and and you're not playing like degenerately with paradox engine so it's, it's does, does paradox engine is that what makes things degenerate that particular card paradox engine yeah I mean, I understand Paradox Engine made everything good <laughs> when it existed. I just, uh, I don't know. I feel like you could do a lot of really degenerate things with this deck without Paradox Engine. You could, but not as easily. <laughs> well, I think, I, honestly, I think the one thing that might be holding holding people back from like building it 100% is cost. Because there are, I mean, Rings of Bright Hearth is an expensive card. But and this way you don't, don't need one. it. I don't yeah. even own one. Um, I have one and I play it in a very casual deck because triggering Scarab God twice was just cool and yeah. for me. Um, but, you know, uh, Rings of Bright Hearth, we mentioned it goes infinite with uh, Basalt Monolith. It also goes infinite with a with a Grim Monolith, which is an extremely expensive card. Yeah. Um, and- I mean, this deck can... can- create a mind slaver lock as well if you really wanted to for do sure that, which for is sure. not fun so don't there, do that so there are degenerate things that you can do you can that. do but i feel like okay. it doesn't do any of them because no one plays this it's true no one plays this or no again no one that we see that we... often and i always like to test out decks so mm-hmm. if and it looks like the majority of these because we have a pretty decent commander collection mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. i could throw this deck together to test out one day yeah. This would be really fun to play. I even have a Thanos because I opened this deck. It's just sitting with my rares because I didn't build with it. And maybe that's another thing is when when, they, when we look at the, the commanders that were printed um, in that set, I mean, everyone knows about Lord Windgrace because that was in there. And then um, the the Esper girl, I can't remember, Aminatu was mm-hmm. also printed in this set. And then there was Sahili and then... I cannot remember who the fourth commander was in that particular set. But most people just know Aminatu and Wingrace from that set, and they don't really think about, uh, you know, the other commanders that were released in that block. And maybe it was just this this deck wasn't opened very often. I, I think this deck is probably underplayed compared to the other ones. I think Lord Wingrace is 100% played 
more often than the other commanders. And the the other one you're looking for oh, is Estrid Astrid. the Mask. Yep. So um, I know I've talked about Estrid before. Estrid was a very difficult deck to play. Mm -hmm. um, I put that together for a while. Um, there's just a lot of triggered abilities. But I think there's a lot of people that just don't like commanders as uh, planeswalkers as commanders. I'm with them. So, I'm with those so, people. So that might be why you're not seeing this deck because you you there's a lot more Bruderclad decks that came out of, I think, this... Um, out of the pre-con. Out of the pre-con. Yeah, and there were Thanos decks. I totally agree with Because that. if you didn't have the cards to do the combo-y things, mm -hmm. it, you don't use all those cards in... Just like a and regular other, deck. Right. No. They are very specific. It is not a commander staple deck. Right. There's no. a lot of non-staples in it, which which makes a huge difference. For sure. Absolutely it does. Yeah, I mean, the cheaper your 99 can be, the more people are going to play it, at least to begin with. Unless it becomes, I don't know, like Keenan or something just broken. Well, the nice <laughs> thing is that there are some very, you know, fair, um, very cost effective cards mm -hmm. in, in, in these decks it's a lot of just basic artifacts that don't cost a ton and then a couple of cards that if you got the pre-con you probably already already have them and um a card like uh sands of time that we were just talking about i think is is a five dollar card mm -hmm. maybe six bucks so at most if you're looking to just try it, try that out and play card like Comet Storm has been printed like 50 times now. Right. Maybe not 50, well. but a few that <laughs> it is no longer an expensive card. Comet Storm is sub one dollar. Right. So you can probably find that in a in a well. You're not going to go find anything in a dollar box at this point because dollar boxes can't be searched through. At least well, not at our LGS. That's true. Everything is. Please, uh, please call ahead, yeah. and we will pull all of your cards for you. Right. I miss looking through cards. Yeah. Well, do you though? After sorting your collection. Okay. So I didn't. Yeah. Okay. That's. Let's segue for a second. Just for a second. So I sorted it. all of my cards at home, mm -hmm. and I had. Okay. So how many's in a row? So I had four. It's supposed to be like a thousand in a row. Yeah. So I had four. Five rows mm -hmm. and and yeah, four five rows and five three rows. Okay, so four times five is twenty, mm -hmm. and then so it's okay. So that that's a lot of rows. It's a lot of cards. It's a lot of cards. Yeah. It's just too much. I'm not going to do all the math. So <laughs> here I am, and I go. I'm going to sort all of these. I had three days of vacation the other week, and mm -hmm. I said, "All right, I'm going to sort all my cards in these three days. It's going to be fine." But I started ahead of time, mm -hmm. and I said, "Okay, first I'm going to take all the cards. I'm going to sort them by color mm -hmm. because right now they're not sorted by color." So that took like two days, mm -hmm. <laughs> like three hours at a time, mm -hmm. just by color. And then then I realized I said, "If I don't at least find two or three sets right now that are." more commonly like that i more commonly collected i'm gonna have to sort all of these tw like two or three times right so i i realized that i had a decent amount of i i had a really large amount of ixalan which i did not realize i had as much ixalan as i had so i started just pulling those off to the side so then i got them by color and then i said okay i'm gonna sort them by set now mm -hmm. and we have a lot of old cards um i started playing during gate crash but my husband did not, and then we had gotten quite a few friends who said we don't really play anymore, and they just gave us a bunch of old cards. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I had cards that went all the way back to revised, and to the point where I didn't ac actually know the set because like, like they don't have set symbols. Yeah, yeah. and so that you have to like look at the year on the bottom. And so I said, if it doesn't have a set symbol, 
the same grouping. I said, yeah. I'm done. It I'm goes done in the no point. set symbol. It, it goes all in the no the, set symbol. All your alphas and Arabian Nights, they all went in that box, right? Arabian Nights has a set symbol. Oh, that's true. I it's didn't have. Sword. It has, yep, yep. I have one card from Arabian Nights, okay. Flying Men, but that's in a binder because it's a $15 card. Yep. So, um, no. All of my white bordered trash cards mm. went into the same pile. I said, I don't know what year this is. It's definitely 94 mm. like or 93. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what set it is. And then I said, okay, now I have to put these in chronological order. Yeah. <sighs> okay. The number of sets that, and I didn't even sort by just main sets. I sorted by even supplementary sets like the, mm. like the dual decks okay. and the plain chess sets and the, uh, uh, the, I mean, the like commander, decks yeah, and stuff. commander decks Every, everything and... was sorted by set so yeah. i said okay so i sorted all these and i realized and i said okay i'm going to sort them all and and separate them all with the top loaders oh, which man. which i have a ton of mm-hmm. didn't have enough because i forgot how many sets there were and so then i get towards the end and i go oh my god i've got like 50 sets still oh yeah and so here i am now folding a paper three i'm folding it the hot dog way and then folding it down just a little right so it's not the fat way the long short way right <laughs> so that i'm like shoving it in there i'm like all right well i hope this stays so now i need to replace those and top loaders are like 800 dollars. yeah they're so expensive now because ultra pro is not producing them mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh but i got them all sorted and if you had to guess the set that i have the most commons and uncommons of and it's from a it's from a set within the last couple of years so it's not like super duper old okay what set would you guess that I have the most of? And I used to play standard a lot. So I started playing standard during Theros. Mm-hmm. And I played a lot. Mm-hmm. But it's not Theros. No, it's not. I have two guesses. Okay, you can you can go two guesses. Okay, my first one is going to be a set that you really, really love the draft format of that has been pretty recent. And it's going to be Eldraine. Okay, no. Then the other one is going to be, I have to pick one of the Ravnica sets and I would go with War of the Spark. It's not. It's okay. Magic Origins. Interesting. I have way more Magic Origins than any other set. And okay. I was blown away. I had a row and a half of just Magic Origins. Mm-hmm. So there's another car. No, it's an airplane. Oh, is that an airplane? <laughs> I don't know. It's a helicopter. It's a, it's a, it's Look a, over there. It's a motorcycle. Is it a motorcycle? Maybe it's a boat. You guys get to hear about all the, the vehicles we listen to on this show. Let's wildly <laughs> speculate what vehicle that was. <laughs> what I kind of wheels did it have? It's probably American. That's about my best guess. You think? Okay. I mean, we live in Michigan. We live in... The, Are American cars louder than not American cars? No, it's just there's a really good <laughs> chance that it's... It was a Japanese motorcycle. It, well, if it's a motorcycle... Kawasaki. Yeah. That's what Ryan says. All right. That's what it was then. Yep. That's what it was. Factual. If you can pick out what motorcycle that was by that sound. If Tano's could drive a motorcycle, what motorcycle would it be? (laughs) Tweet at us with Tano's motorcycle. Oh my goodness. So um, I think that this deck does a lot of really fun things. It can do some awful things, but mm-hmm. I think this is a deck that if you watch our stream, you will likely see this in the future. Uh-oh. Scary. Maybe one night and I'll play it horribly because I'll, I'll have to test it like once or twice and then I'll 
completely misplayed on stream and it'll be wonderful. I'm down for that. I mean, that sounds great to me. Just the the one last thing I wanted to say about Tanos is if your deck allows you to play both red and blue and you've never been able to afford a Rings of Bright Hearth, Tanos is uh, a 70 cent card. So you can just pick one up. Yes. And it might even be easier to tutor in, in your deck for because it's a creature. And it has haste. So you can do it right away. That's your your affordable Rings of Bright Heart. That's your affordable Rings. Cents. I mean, it's technically a more affordable, uh, I guess, uh, Stranic Resonator too. Um, but that one, Stranic Resonator isn't too expensive. I think it's like a $12 card maybe. It's you know it's going to be expensive for some people, but Rings of Bright Heart is over $50. I didn't even realize Stranic Resonator was that expensive. Yeah, it's like when Yark came out, everyone was like, oh, double, double my ETB triggers? Sounds great. People played Embrago all the time. and Yeah. It's definitely a commander staple, Stronic Resonate. Everyone loves their ETB effects. I think, um, so I just I just took a look. It looks like, no, Stronic Resonator is like two bucks. Oh, well, perfect. Yeah, it's been printed a couple times. It's actually been printed at what? Commander 14, Masters 25, Commander 19. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now you got it. But this is your budget. Yeah. Rings of Bright Hearth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and go buy your Stronic Resonator. Okay. So. My last commander for sleeper commander. Um, I know we just talked about three is it commanders in a row. We talked about the entirety of Sahili's deck tonight. <laughs> we have, we have. Uh, so we're going to go back to Esper for okay. mine. Okay. So the commander that I chose is one that we actually, excuse me, talked about in one of our underplayed commander episodes, which is Sharoom the Hedgemon. So Sharoom the Hedgemon is a 6 CMC 5-5 Flying Sphinx. So you pay 3 generic, a blue, a white, and a black. And you get this Flying 5-5 that says when Sharoom the Hedgemon enters the battlefield, you may return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's right. We're talking about artifacts, and I still found a way to talk about graveyard recursion. (laughs) So uh, with Sharoom... You know, you you do get to play blue. You do get to play all the blinky spells that you possibly could to just start returning all the artifacts from your graveyard to the battlefield. Um, and this is going to help you either cheat stuff out or get uh, reoccurring artifacts out. So there's some there's some artifacts like the spell bombs. Uh, Nahil spell bomb is the uh, spell bomb with a black activated ability in it that says you can tap it and sacrifice it to exile target player's graveyard. Um, and when it gets destroyed, you can pay a black and draw a card. Um, and then you can constantly reoccur this, you know, control people's graveyard strategies. Um, and then there's also a blue spell bomb and a white spell bomb um, that you can play. Uh, there's, you know, while you're playing Esper, there's a lot of tutors that you can take advantage of, whether it's Enlightened Tutor, just to straight up find an artifact that you're looking for. But you can also play cards like Entomb which allow you to search for any card and put it in your graveyard. So you can throw your giant artifacts in your graveyard right away and then blink your commander or simply cast your commander to cheat that artifact out. Um, There's a lot of really huge CMC artifacts or important CMC artifacts. You can go find my particular favorite, a black artifact called Bolus's Citadel. So good. Yeah, three and triple black. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library and you can cast that spell um, this way by paying life instead of its uh, mana um, equal to its converted mana cost. So this is kind of another way that you can, um, you know, Mystic Forge was printed at M20, which only cared about artifacts, pretty much did the same exact thing. 
um, but you have to cast the card from the top of your library. Um, Mystic Forge helped you go infinite if you had uh, cost reducers for your artifacts and a Sensei's Divining Top. Uh, Bolas' Citadel does pretty much the same thing because you don't actually have to pay mana into it um, with Sensei's Divining Top and you can continuously loop your Sensei's right. Divining Top. Um, so it plays really well into the artifact strategies simply because you have the ability to tutor um, with black. And again, you have blue, you can play things like Ghostly Flicker, um, in order to blink your commander. So for three mana, you know, bring back any enchantment that you have in your graveyard. So some of the big hitter, um, or sorry, not enchantment, artifact. This is artifact week. We're talking about artifacts and artifact week, not enchantments. So <laughs> some of the big artifacts that you could be returning uh, with your abilities, you have the three gear hulks that you could play from the Kaladesh standard, uh, Cataclysmic gear hulk to help you uh, wipe the board, you have um, Combustible Gear Hulk to help you either draw cards or do a bunch of damage to people. Uh, you also have Torrential Gear Hulk, which makes it so you can cast an instant from your graveyard. Maybe if you're really playing into the graveyard synergy, you'll have something like that available, but it's probably the least utilized of the Gear Hulks in this deck. Um, you have cards like Platinum Imperion, which makes it so just your life total can't change. So it's forcing someone to take care of your artifacts before they take care of you. Um, same thing can be said for Platinum Angel. Obviously, you have the big hitters we've talked about multiple times tonight with Darksteel Colossus and Blightsteel Colossus. Um, but then you have some of these Esper Sphinxes, uh, Sphinx artifacts that you can cheat out that, you know, people maybe don't know them because they're simply sphinxes right know? sphinx tribal i mean they're they're huge cmc so the only like really good way to play them is by cheating them out uh, my particular favorite is definitely magister sphinx which is a, yeah. a five five for seven uh with flying that says when it comes into play target player's life total becomes 10 well it turns out with shroom uh you can and a, a sack outlet, you can sacrifice your Magister Sphinx and bring it back by blinking Shroom and make the second person's life total 10 and then the third person's life total 10. Um, you have Filigree Angel, which is an artifact creature angel with flying. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Uh, it costs 8 CMC total. It's in blue and white. It says when it enters the battlefield, you gain 3 life for each artifact you control. That's a whole lot of life. It, it does seem like when you're in Esper colors, you are caring about life gain strategies. Um, so there is there is a lot of synergies there. You're probably going to end up playing Aetherflux Reservoir um, for kind of the combo that I mentioned before, Bolus of Citadel and Sensei's Divining Top or Mystic Forge and Sensei's Divining Top um, along with an Aetherflux Reservoir. This podcast just provides degenerate combos. I mean, how about, <laughs> how about we go with... I don't know, a different kind of Sphinx. How about Sphinx Sovereign? This is at the end of your turn, you gain three life as Sphinx Sovereign is untapped. Otherwise, each opponent loses three life. I love it. I mean, this is a, it's an eight CMC flying six, six. When am I going to cast this thing for eight CMC? You're not, you're going to cheat it out. <laughs> and um, I mean, the, again, if you, if you throw the expensive cards in here that can make it degenerate, you can always make it degenerate, but, I just don't see Sharoom played ever, and it's such an easy way to cheat artifacts out of your graveyard. There's really only one other commander that I know of that's really, really good at cheating artifacts out of your graveyard, and this particular commander doesn't play any of the same colors at all. It might just be mono red, it and we might, might give you a full uh, full summary of that deck in a couple of minutes. Yeah, it's very possible it's mono red. 
Um, obviously, you can just like absolutely break this commander by playing a Deadeye Navigator and for two mana, bring back any artifact that you want. Um, but, you know, there's just a lot of really high CMC artifacts that people don't tend to play that you can play in this because it's just so easy. Just cheat them out. There's a there's apparently here's me as you're as you're researching this. I'm looking because I didn't know what deck you had. I'm looking mm. up. Apparently, there's a couple of turn one wins with Sharoom, which really? is ridiculous. You have to have a perfect seven, but I okay. feel like that could be the case for anyone. Sure. But we'll have to post some of these combos in the show notes, or just like we'll we'll tweet them out, like some of these mm-hmm. these these combos. But these look so convoluted. I never, sometimes you read these combos and your, your, your head just is about to explode. You're like, how does this do it? Or they just post, it's like those puzzles. You know, they, this plus this plus this, what, what's the play? And you go, I don't know, play them. And then someone, <laughs> someone later in the comments goes, you do this, you tap this and you just won. Yeah. Like, oh, that took me 30 seconds to and figure I, out. I didn't. Like there I've been was working me looking at this at, for four days. There was me looking at the pretty artwork or something. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a picture of that woman that's like looks confused and there's just a bunch of math problems floating around her face. I do that all the time when I look at things on someone's like, all right, here's how I'm gonna do this. And they just post two cards and I go, Yeah, I still don't see it. It's not <laughs> clicking yet. What's what am I missing? And it's just because I didn't understand some rule or right because the commander has so many cards. I do not know it's all of the combos yet. Literally the hardest. And when I say format. yet, I mean I won't know all of them. Well, they always print new cards, which kind of makes hurts it even that. more even more difficult. <laughs> uh, the the last thing I wanted to say about Sharoom is um, I think Sharoom is probably one of the best commanders to utilize the Mirrodin Besieged alternate win condition. Um, so Mirrodin Besieged, we mentioned it slightly before for one of its modes, which can produce 1-1 one, one colorless mirror artifact tokens. Uh, but for three mana, you get an enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, you choose Mirin or Phyrexian. Mirin, you get to make the 1-1 one, one colorless uh, whenever you cast an artifact spell. Uh, if you pick Phyrexian, at the beginning of your end step, you draw a card, then discard a card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target opponent loses the game. So you're going to be filling your graveyard with artifacts because you're going to want to be recurring them. It does happen at your end step, which some people might think that's that's actually not a particularly good strategy. But most of the blink spells that you can play in blue are instant speed. So you know, throwing a big artifact that you want to use as a, a blocker when someone swings and you can use it as a combat trick at the end. Right. It makes Mirrodin Besieged utility even without the alternate win condition really, really powerful for your deck. Yeah. Sharoom seems like a really fun deck. That would be a really fun deck to play if we did another budget commander, like $50. Cause you can do Sharoom with a bunch of really janky cards That's and right. it still just be pretty strong. All you need is Ghostly Flicker and Archaeomancer, right? And when it comes in, it does things itself. Yeah. So just well, right off the bat. Boom. So you don't even have to have those right <laughs> away just to make something happen. So if you play any of these commanders, um, send us your deck list. We want to hear about it. If you play against them or know anyone, tell them because we would like to hear from them. Yes. Um, so I figured for Commander of the Week, I would stay on topic. It was supposed to be Coils Week. And I said, but I have... I have an artifact deck that I could really talk about and we haven't talked about yet before. I wasn't sad about it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, this week, I am going to talk about my Duretti Scrap Savant deck. So um, this is a mono red commander and it is an artifact commander. Mm -hmm. So it's a 
Again, I guess we've talked a lot of red this week, but we definitely did not talk about a monocolored deck. That's we're right. What? We have two espers and three is a deck. We avoided Urza altogether. You know, that, that's another week. That's another it's, week it's when just... we talk about bombs in artifacts. <laughs> yes. So literally dropping a bomb on the table. Everybody <laughs> looks at it and goes, all right, that's the problem. Oops. So Duretti Scrap Savant is a three i'm sorry a four cmc commander with three loyalty so three and a red for um duretti that says plus two discard two cards and then draw that many so you can discard up to two cards minus two sack an artifact if you do um you can uh return target artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield and then minus 10 you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield return it from um to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step so um, getting a minus 10 is great if you can ever get that to happen. It's tough. I I have still not. There's a pretty good win win rate with this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, so the deck is all about throwing stuff into the trash. So you're going to play cards like Mirror Retriever. I'm, I won't go through all of them individually, <laughs> but things that care about throwing stuff into the graveyard, Mirror Retriever, Crackler and Ironworks, Goblin Welder, Goblin Engineer, Scrap Trawler, Faithless Looting and Gamble, things mm-hmm. that you're going to tutor potentially, draw, or just care about things dying to create extra mana. Um, you want things in your graveyard because Duretti is going to sacrifice a silly artifact that either came in and did its job, and then you have no more need for it to get something nasty back from the graveyard. Um and he synergizes with himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a concept. Right? Because he fuels it with his plus two, and then you just minus two the next turn. Um, I find that the minus two is used... I use it way more late game than I do early game because I'm usually trying to play out a bunch of creatures to block for the Duretti to potentially get to that minus 10. Mm-hmm. But it it draws the hate to Duretti, and it feels like you have life gain in this deck because you're, you're taking far less swings. Right. The nice thing about this deck is that um, if you need mana, we've got mana. Oh, yeah. We play a bunch of rocks. Dockside Extortionist was a fantastic add for this. When it enters, you you get a treasure for each artifact and enchantment your opponents control. Um, I, I like playing with Ugin the Ineffable. It, it not only makes all of your artifacts cheaper, but it enables you to to loop a couple of cards that hit the graveyard and come back you've got things like junk diver mirror retriever scrap trawler that eventually can just loop themselves because they don't cost much mana if you have a sack out like crack clan ironworks or mm-hmm. an astronaut's altar or something um ugin the ineffable is really great just for the static ability alone getting the plus one to draw cards great because we're in mono red so drawing cards is not that easy to do right so without having to discard without having to discard so if you want some card draw you've got ugin i argue it's card draw Mm -hmm. but you have cathartic reunion duretti himself draws and then discards so at least you get to you get to loot there but then combustible gear hulk is probably one of my favorite cards in this deck so when you play combustible gear hulk you choose target player and either um you get to draw three cards or if they don't let you draw three you mill three and they take damage equal to the total cmc but this deck plays a lot of really high cmc cards and i mean we've seen before where someone ends up taking 18 damage Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to let you draw three and then you sacrifice it and you reanimate it immediately and you choose them again and then they let you draw three cards. Yeah. I mean, unless the three cards that you just milled are better than your combustible. And now you can sacrifice your combustible and get one of those. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so um you can loop you can loop cards, 
you can draw cards and then you want to um slow things down sometimes so we're mm-hmm. playing a couple of 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 wipes like a star storm and magma quake um blood moon feels like a, a board wipe if your opponents are playing a bunch of non-basics because they just uh can't get, get things out very quickly but if you somehow come across one of those box topper blood moons who's not going to play that in their deck yeah i run blood moon in one deck and it's this one yeah. and i would 100 percent play with that box topper blood oh, moon. Yeah. it's so good it's beautiful and then meteor golem meteor golem when that when that enters the battlefield you get to um destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls and if you can sack that in just reanimate it you take out big things over and over um i guess i i also should mention metal worker i do have one if you have a copy of it great if not it's super duper expensive so it's completely not necessary but you can reveal any number of artifact cards from your hand and you add two colorless for each one you revealed so your opponents get to see the nasty stuff that's in your hand mm-hmm. and then you probably just cast it the same turn because you're playing the majority of artifacts in this deck mm-hmm. so uh, that that's pretty fun and then um the spicy cards that i run and by spice i mean why are you playing this oh is okay, okay. is a card like a uh, free jam regent you know mm. what that is no I've, i yeah. uh, actually it's a dragon it's a dragon okay yeah, you okay. got that okay so free jam <laughs> regents a four four flying dragon with um pay one and a red to give it plus two plus oh until end of turn but it has improvised so you play some artifacts that come in and then don't do anything yeah, like you you play them like mycosynth um uh wellspring, wellspring. Mm-hmm. so it comes in and and you get to um does it search search your land? library for a basic land yeah. correct um and until it goes and it does the same thing when you put it into the graveyard but until you can put it in the graveyard now it does nothing but it can act as a land to cast this free jam regent um which I really enjoy. A four mm-hmm. fours, whatever. You got to have fun stuff. What I am not doing in this deck, though, is I am not playing wheels and I am not playing stacks. I've seen it played in both. Wheels, very strong. If you want to play that in a Duretti deck, you're mm-hmm. going to throw it in the graveyard and you're going to bring something nasty back. Really strong strategy. I just only have one copy and I just don't want to switch them around. So I decided I wasn't going to play the wheels deck. And then I just don't play stacks anymore. Right. And I think the best card in the entire deck, in in my opinion, is Scrap Mastery. So it is basically your um, living, living death. Your living death, yeah. Yep, yep. So uh, for three red red uh, sorcery, each player exiles all artifacts from their graveyard and then sacks all artifacts they control and then puts all cards that were exiled this way onto the battlefield. So if you are playing... For, you're playing for the late game here and mm-hmm. then you decide to just sack everything and someone goes oh okay he's got like 19 mana i don't know what he's doing you, you just you see it coming and right. you go okay he got 14 artifacts back that's why you gotta play bajuka bog and <laughs> this, scavenger ground this stack and... does does uh really not enjoy graveyard hate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um and then if you if you you know want to be um awful like oh. me oh yeah um you could just throw in karn and mycosynth lattice yeah. which i've done once it's still listed in here as as um as a combo i think i think i just need to pull out the karn mycosynth lattice is totally fine mm-hmm. karn just needs to come out i did it it's one of those combos we talked about earlier i did it once and everybody said okay we can't swing at your Doretti anymore and mm-hmm. then scoop. So I still didn't get the minus 10 from Duretti. I just got the table scoop. That's right. You'll <laughs> never get that minus 10. <laughs> so we will post the deck list for my Duretti deck in the show notes below. It'll also be um, 
wherever you listen to the show, it'll be there and on our website as well as we'll post this on Twitter later. So um, we hope you enjoyed our artifact week. Yes. All things artifact. All things art artifactual. Art, oh, you know, we, we didn't even talk about Cheerios. Should be like the artifact in. You know what's funny standard. is we didn't even talk about mono white because I so badly wanted to talk about SRAM and Tashar. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about not one deck we talked about today had um, green. Had green. It's a green artifact. Or yeah, just green. We did t- we did have black because there were two Asper decks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there a green artifact deck? I mean, anybody I, could wield a sword. Yeah, they, even even Galta, my giant dinosaur. Oh, I don't. That would be that would be really strong. It would be really funny to see a T Rex with two swords <laughs> in his little hands, like Ooh, look at you. There's there's got there's there's hundred percent got to be a, a a green deck that cares about artifacts. I just that I, isn't Voltron. That, that isn't, isn't Voltron. Sure, and then I think also Kemba Regent is really good mm-hmm. and we talked about we did talk about in our underplayed decks you talked about um nahiri yeah mono white nahiri yes. deck so that that cares about artifacts we've just been on an artifact kick so um we'll have to pick a different theme next time like graveyards oh sure oh yeah graveyard themes and there's so many themes we can if there's a theme that you would like us to talk about or anything that's based on I still really like themes like um where where someone had to make a deck with just all 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 the characters and the artwork were looking to the left. Yes. And you can look things up like that on Scryfall. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Mm-hmm. So um we need to do theme decks like that as well. Yes. The the strongest um the strongest deck that only has people wearing boots. Oh yeah. No, I got it. It's Admiral Bracket Brass for sure. All the pirates wear boots. I can just make pirate tribal with that. And then, of course, put Trailblazer's boots in there as well. Okay. Only characters wearing one glove. One glove? Okay. <laughs> you got me on that one. I don't know who. I don't. I can't name one character. Characters with necklaces. That one is more doable. Okay. So we need to find the most ridiculous theme. Yeah. And then we should do a live, yeah, because we want to do some build. live streams. So we'll do a live build mm-hmm. with some ridiculous themes. Think of some ridiculous themes for us and mm-hmm. tweet at us with whatever theme it is that you would like us to build. And we will do a live stream in the near future. Deck building, building challenge. Yeah, deck build challenge with something ridiculous like their hat is about to fall off or characters with. Someone who has fallen down. <laughs> Call it the 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 life alert deck. <laughs> life alert. I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, every every single piece of art has to have someone who's fallen down. Yeah, we could do that. Or Absolutely, falling. falling or falling. If they're already dead on the ground, they've fallen. Right? They have. They had to have, unless they laid down. That doesn't count as falling. If I'm just thinking of tragic slip right now, or just a. Yeah, they're falling from from the sky, but it was no. They're falling into. Or no, a I'm grave. sorry. I was thinking fatal push. Yes, exactly. I was the thinking same fatal way. push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they are falling. Fatal, fatal kick. Fatal kick is what it really should be called. Fatal kick. Yeah, there is no pushing involved unless you can push with your foot. In which case, that's which a I kick. argued on in our Discord, I, I said, know. "All right, I mean, technically, they pushed really hard with their foot off of that oh, that sky get ship. Get you with my big toe. <laughs> Take this boot." <laughs> I'm going to give you the boot. Boot meets chest. 
and off the skyship you go. And they've we've seen them falling for a long time. I honestly hope that we get to continue to see that person falling until they splat on the ground. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't I don't know what the worst part is is knowing that it's going to take 2 minutes for you to go splat on the ground or if something else comes out of nowhere and flies underneath you and those 2 minutes just became 2 Maybe seconds. Maybe when we return to Kaladesh they're going to save him. <laughs> He's still falling. Time is relative. Time is relative. We don't know how long it took for us to travel to the other planes and come back. He Rem- fell through the planar bridge remember, and became a Lazarus. Remember zombie. in that movie with Jodie Foster? Nope. Pretty sure it was called. It's not called Signs. The movie. Oh, crap. With Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Contact. Oh, the movie yeah. Contact. First off, great movie. Yeah. I really like Contact. I don't She's- think you should spoil that, though. We shouldn't spoil. If you haven't seen Contact at this point, I don't know. I don't feel like I feel like it's one of those movies that like it got a lot of awards and stuff, but not a lot of people saw it. Like Parasite, I would say. Okay, I've seen Parasite same. three times now, and let me tell you about that first time I watched it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna digress again. I was sitting <laughs> on a plane for a flight for work, and I forgot my my headphones, mm-hmm. and then they were out of headphones on Delta. So I couldn't pay the stupid $2 for those crappy headphones mm-hmm. to plug into my TV. Mm-hmm. So Parasite, it's it's got subtitles. So me, not thinking, because I was just not. I'm sitting on an aisle seat. I always, I don't want a window seat, aisle seat. Mm-hmm. The person in front of me to the left, I'm, I'm on the right side. They're on the left side of the plane. Right there across the aisle is watching Parasite. I read the entire movie <laughs> from my seat looking at their screen and and when I got home, I was asked, well, why didn't you just turn it on on your screen? Because it's just subtitles. You just didn't hear the movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I didn't do it. <laughs> I, I like strained and watched from a distance. The explanation you gave me is like he was already like 10 minutes into it. And I didn't want to rewatch the first 10 minutes. But that movie, so good. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't think I could sit through a movie with subtitles. I don't. I like to watch dubbed shows. Mm. I, I can't usually watch sub shows. Mm-hmm. So Parasite top notch but contact if you haven't seen contact that is what i hope is happening with our time leaving kaladesh visiting all these planets and we get back to kaladesh one of the cards that's going to be spoiled is like um uh, what do we call it and it's going to be like maybe maybe they'll reprint heroic intervention Ooh, which was printed in, in eighth revolt in the kaladesh yeah, yeah, block. yeah we could get her- like heroic intervention again but it's somebody like saving this guy or catching him saving gideon no, Gideon's dead. You think so? In that timeline. Oh, now we're into alternate timelines. I mean, we eventually have to get there, right? I mean, Teferi Time Raveler does a lot of stuff. Maybe they'll just reprint Teferi Time Raveler and he's saving. And ban it immediately? No, just leave it's fine. Just ban it. <laughs> <laughs> that is this week's episode. If you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at GuardianPod. You can find me on Twitter at ATFlory. You can find me on Twitter at artifact card name Wormcoil Engine. <laughs> it's like, that is not where they can find you. You can also email us at GuardianProjectPod at gmail.com. And if you're on Discord and you're interested in joining the discussion, let us know. We will send you an invite. Um, and yeah that's it for episode 60 yeah make sure to check out our youtube channel we have uh commander paper gameplay uh streaming every thursday uploaded every sunday and this week coil will be out but i will be doing the entire intro so i have to practice our intro now Mm -hmm. and 
we will have our gameplay with Tap That MTG. We did Two-Headed Giant. That'll be released this Sunday. So check so that out much at, fun. at 10 a.m. on Sunday is when those will be released, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you hit the bell icon on our YouTube channel, you will get a notification as soon as those videos go live. And if before you hit that bell icon, you subscribe, That'd be even better. Yeah. I, I do think if you hit the bell icon, it automatically subscribes you. But don't quote me on that and make sure you're a subscriber. And if if it does do that, though, just hit the bell icon. Don't subscribe. Hit the bell icon. Yeah. Because then it does subscribe you in c- concurrently. Yes. That's, that's just a, that's make sure you word. You just make sure you subscribe. That's the real. Please subscribe. <laughs> See you next week. Thank you. <laughs> Pulling out the big words this week. That was that was a big word. I can't even remember what word that was. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. <laughs>